0: Welcome to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. And I'm your host, George Achenpalm, entrepreneur, financial advisor, fitness enthusiast, and foodie.
1: By Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is
0: George G to the EO. I used to. Were you disappointed? You was ready for that classic? I know you probably heard it in a minute, but I had to. Go ahead and cut it off and get this thing started What's up everybody? Welcome to the fourth episode of the Legacy and Lifestyle Show And for many of you, this might be your very first episode So thank you for tuning in, thank you for listening um, You might be, As you might be able to tell by the intro, this particular episode is about the financial gems that Jay-Z dropped in his most recent album, 444 That dropped, I mean, almost about a month ago, man, time is flying And that's all I've been bumping ever since. You know, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. So I thought it'd be cool to uh, touch on some of the financial nuggets that he dropped in this particular album and, then you know, kind of give my take on it. I mean, some of it might seem self-explanatory, but I kind of want to give my perspective on, you know, what are some things that we can take from it and what can we do to apply that to our life in the present. Right, so before I get into that, I want to give you guys a little background on my love affair with Jay Z. Right, so pause. Um, <laughs> um so I gotta give my sister credit, she actually put me on Jay, um, you know, right around like hard knock life. I remember her having the CD, um, I actually remember stealing some of her CDs, and um, she caught me red handed because I had uh took one for a talent show. I don't know why I just didn't ask her to borrow it or whatever, you know how it is back in the day. Um, and she came to the talent show, she told my mom. That didn't end well for me, but anyway. So I've been a big Jay Z for a man, uh, for a minute. Been rocking with Jay for quite a long time, even back to the the Jigga What Jigga Who days. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday. My mom that song would come on the radio, and my mom would turn the radio off. Me and my sister would be like, "Come on, man, what's up?" Because you know that's obviously not the real words, and my mom didn't want us listening to that. So I get it. All good, mom. We still love you. Uh, But roughly 21 years later, after his debut album, and Jay gives us what is arguably some of his best work, um, I was particularly uh, interested in, or impressed, I should say, by the vulnerability and how he revealed, you know, some of his secrets from his past, some of his indiscretions um, regarding his marriage and just his life in general. Um, And I I really was impressed with uh, the level of maturity and how timely the subject matter was. So the combination of all that, for me, um, made this album you know one of his best and of course in true J form you know there was no shortage of wordplay metaphors double entendre you know it's jay um so i was obviously most interest, interested in um his notable financial gems that he he dropped throughout the throughout the album and that's kind of what we're going to touch on today because he definitely dropped a lot so for all the hip-hop heads out there i'm gonna throw a disclaimer out there and say hey look this is not an exhaustive list of all the nuggets and metaphors and double entendre that Jay dropped on the album. These are just some of the ones that stuck out you know the most to me. So what I want to do is is I want to start with the uh, story of OJ, which I would say had had a good amount, maybe even the lion's share of uh, some of the nuggets that he dropped. So let's uh, let's start with that. Let's dig into that a little bit.
1: <laughs> uh, I bought F-E-B 12 engine. Wish I could take it back to the beginning I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo For like two million That same building today is worth 25 million Guess how I'm feeling Dumbo
0: So he just hit us with two right there First one was I bought every V12 engine Wish I could take it back to the beginning And so You know what Jay's talking about there Man you know how it was back Especially in, in hip hop at that time And just our culture in general It was all about the young, flying, flashy You know, buying the nicest, most expensive car you could And a lot of people are still stuck on that mentality So I'm glad that he, you know, dropped a nugget of wisdom And said, hey, look, it's not about buying that car That car is a depreciating asset That car is not an investment You know, I wasted money on those cars I'll never recoup my investment on those cars But I could have bought a crib in Dumbo like two million it's now worth 25 million and so that one really hit home for me because I remember, I remember like it was yesterday I came back home from college and um, there was, there's an area in Charlotte that when I was growing up it was it was basically the hood now it's called I guess like Midtown metropolitan area or whatever and so when I moved back I was like man this is this is totally different from when I grew up and uh, some of the places over there were still going for about 150 maybe even 180 uh, but I'm a young kid I'm not thinking about buying a house at that time I'm just fresh out of college you know, trying to, you know, keep my head above water, and figure out my next moves. And then, you know, almost seven years later, he got those same properties going for like half a million. So I'm just like, oh my God, like I, I wish I would have, you know, took action on that. Cause now I'm feeling like Dumbo too, just like Jay-Z. And so he's telling y'all, man, like stop pu- putting your money in these BMWs and these rims and these depreciating assets and start positioning yourself to build real wealth uh, in real estate. And I'm definitely going to talk a lot more about that. Um, in other uh, content that I produce, because you know there's a right and wrong way to buy real estate, but by and large, I mean you're gonna be in a much better, better position if you put your money in real estate than you are, you know, buying a car. So I'm really glad that Jay Jay touched on that. So moving right along, let's move on to the next nugget of wisdom that Jay Z drops on the story of OJ. Isn't it kind of crazy how OJ like got out of jail like right around the time of this album dropped Like that's kind of interesting.
1: More important than
0: throwing away money at a strip club? Credit. credit, credit. You have- so, you want to know what's more important than throwing money away at the strip club? Credit. I mean, self explanatory, man. Like, you got, I mean, and not just the strip club, but you got so many people that are just throwing their money away on things, again, that might give off the perception of, I'm out here getting it, I'm out here, you know, i um, living this life. But truth be told, there's so many. Better, so much better things you can do with your money rather than just throwing it away for an IG posts. Basically, that's what a lot of people are doing now for the likes, right? And so, specifically here, he's referencing credit. I don't particularly think this is the best example. I mean, so many people are uh, so stuck on, you know, credit and, and having a high credit score and having a good credit report is important, right? But the only reason why you really need good credit truth be told is to go out and borrow more money and so or borrow or take on more debt if you will and so like I said you need to have a good credit report because there's certain things you got to be able to maneuver in this world you know to, you, know, you got to have you know reasonable credit to do it but I, I'm not the biggest fan of you know getting this high credit score all so you can just go out and acquire more debt, right? Now, if you're smart and you know how to leverage credit, and maybe that's what Jay-Z was talking about, by all means, obviously, you know, getting your credit right is much more important than throwing away money at the strip club. But in general, man, people just got to stop wasting their money on things that don't provide any real return and start, you know, putting their money or putting their time and energy into things that actually will. So, I thought that was a good nugget of wisdom as
1: well. I wonder why Jewish people own all the property in America. That's how they did it. Financial freedom, my only hope. Living rich and dying broke. I bought some artwork for one million. Two years later, that's worth two million. Two years later, that's worth eight million. I can't wait
0: to get it. my children. Financial freedom, my only hope. F, living rich and dying broke. So, like, again. You know, people are out here spending their last dime to impress the next man or woman. When it's all said and done, when it all you know, when it's all over, they don't have nothing to leave behind for their family, their spouse, significant other, their kids, um, or even themselves. Right when they're in their elder years, they're out here struggling because they were so dead set on stunting and balling and showing out that they don't they didn't put any money away. They were spending it, you know, faster than they were getting it. So he's saying, you know, financial freedom is his only hope. You know, I'm not about living rich and dying broke. And I I couldn't agree any more with that statement. Like people have to start positioning themselves to be more strategic with their wealth, right? Like stop living for today. Delayed gratification is okay. One of my favorite quotes is we truly live in a great society when a man plants a seed for a tree whose shade he'll never sit under, right? We got to start positioning ourselves to make sure that the next generation is good that our kids kids are good he and he talks more about legacy throughout the album as well but it's so important that we keep driving that point home and then the other piece was the artwork right you know what i'm saying basically he's saying he you know bought some artwork it was 1 million flipped it to 2 turned into 4 for you before you know it it's worth 8 million and so you know artwork is what you would call a speculative investment right We we don't truly know you know how much Value the artwork is going to increase in, but when you get to his level of wealth, you know you're just you're you're putting your money in all different types of places um, to uh, try to you know further your wealth and, and, and preserve it if you will. For people like you and I, at least in, in the foundational phases of building wealth, you definitely want to make sure that you know your your, your foundation is secure, right? You want to make sure that you know you got your emergency fund in place so that if you lose your primary stream of income, you can still make ends meet. And then once that's kind of secure, you want to make sure that you're you're doing some, you know, investing, whether it be in the stock market or real estate, but you want to definitely make sure that it's in alignment with your risk tolerance, right? Because, you know, when you're in the foundational phase, you can't afford to, you know, take risks that will potentially, you know, result in you losing you know, your entire investment. Now, truth be told, no investments are guaranteed. But when you invest um, in alignment with what your risk tolerance is, you're probably going to you know end up in a, a good situation long term. You might have some fluctuations in the short term. But, you know, those are those are storms you can weather. So you got to make sure you're not out here just chasing, you know, the next hot investment because, you know, you think that that's popular. You got to pick things that are in alignment with the risk that you actually can afford to uh, afford to take. So that's something that you definitely want to factor in into your decision making as you start uh, considering investing. OK, so now I think that uh, that covers off on, you know, the majority of the nuggets that we uh that we find on that particular track. I think he does have one more. He was like um you on the gram hold money to your ear. This is a disconnect. We don't call that money over here. And that's actually getting a lot of attention lately. Um actually I think I just saw today where they're doing like the uh, phone book challenge or something like that. We're basically saying instead of putting money up to your ear looking stupid, um let's let's get this knowledge and further our uh our mentality instead. So that's that's pretty much Jay just touching on you know, that, that whole sentiment as well. Cause I've seen it a lot lately and it is dumb. You got, you know, mainly a lot of rappers or, you know, just people or whatever, you know, they'll get some cash and they'll have it up to their ear. But what he's saying, real money, like when you got real money, you know, you can't hold it in your hand. You can't fold it. Like it's in the bank, it's in, you know, positioned in other, other forms of assets, but you thinking you holding around, you know, a few grand up to your ears, real money, you know, you're sadly mistaken. So I think that's, the deeper meaning of what he was trying to convey convey there. So let's move on to the next track.
1: Smile. Smile.
0: So this one is more of um an indirect nugget. But it was really the only one that I, I found on the song. And so I wanted to, you know, at least talk about it a little bit. So he says, as far as draft picks, my name did not get called. Bet before I go, I put a billion on the board. So, you know, for a lot of young black males, you know, the only way to success, the only perceived way to success is, you know, playing sports, right? Or, you know, selling drugs. And so we all know that uh, Jay... Did have a history of selling drugs But at this point he he's evolved past that And he's saying hey look You know I may have not been an athlete But I'm still going to get athlete money And the takeaway from that You know for, for, for you and I And for other folks out there Is that there's a lot of different ways to, to build wealth out here And so you don't have to be Fooled into thinking Or pigeonholed into thinking that You know there's only one or two or a few routes to really be successful. Like you can really choose your own lane. And you can really win um, over the long haul if you, as long as you're authentic and as long as you perfect your craft, whatever that might be. Especially now, we're in an age um, where people can literally create their own lane, right? And they have access to the internet where they can distribute, you know, what they're doing to the masses. And so now, more than any, you can create your own lane. You don't have to do it corporate. You don't have to do it through entertainment. You don't have to do it through sports. You can do it however you want to do it. You just got to do it. So that's kind of why I wanted to highlight that one from an abstract perspective of building wealth and getting this money. So next, let's jump into uh, "Family Feud," one of my favorite tracks on the album. I mean, he gets right into it on this one. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna just let this thing play from the beginning. I think about 27 seconds in, he he drops a nugget.
1: Super Bowl goes. My wife in the crib and the kids liquid gold. We in a whole different mode. The kid that used to pitch bricks can't be pigeonholed. I cooked up more chicken when the kitchen closed. Uh,
0: gonna- so it's almost that's almost a continuation of what I was just talking about. The kid that used to pitch bricks can't be pigeonholed So earlier I was just talking about how, um, a second ago, how he, you know, used to sell drugs. Um, and that was, you know, one of the avenues that he was using to get money. Um, but basically what he's saying is, hey, look, you know, the kid that used to do that can't be pigeonholed. You know, I cooked up more more chicken before the kitchen closed. Basically, I found out, you know, a lot of other ways uh, to get money um, other than the only way that you thought I was going to be able to get money. So, again, he's just driving home. They look like just because you're going down a certain path, just because, you, you know, society told you this is all uh, the only way that you can get it. That's not true. Right there's other ways to get it and you can maximize on that you just got to choose your hustle wisely.
1: Nobody wins when the family fused, but my stash can't fit in the
0: So again that's just a, 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 another reiteration for what he's saying is like hey look when you're getting real money it's not show money it's not money you can tuck in your pocket and pull out at any time that money is in stocks in bonds in his case, artwork, right? Real estate. And that's that's really what he's alluding to in that stanza. Like so many people think, you know, having cash, having a lot of cash on hand is like real money. And it's not, right? If you can fit your money in your hand, if you can fit your money in your pocket, uh, it's not real money is the moral of the story. So he's, you know, subtly driving home that you need to be putting your money in other places. He, he really wants us to get that message.
1: Rap cocaine, we did that. Black owned things, black owned champagne, and we merrily, merrily eating off the
0: That was one of my favorite bars on the entire album. You know, again, he's saying, forget rap, crack cocaine, nah. We did that. Um, black owned things. And like right now, at least for me, it seems like more than ever. People are starting to wake up and build an awareness around, you know, black entrepreneurship. And so for him to kind of drop that nugget of wisdom and say, hey, look, we off that other stuff. It's all about black owned success now. Right. Right now. He said we're merely merely eating off these streams. And so when you're trying to build real wealth, you know, just having a paycheck from your job is not going to cut it. It's not like you got to have multiple streams of income. Right. You got to have income coming in from. Real estate properties, you got to have income coming in from a few hustles. You know, if you still got a job, you got to have income coming in from your job because just think about it. You have, if you look at your bank statement right now in in a month, if you look back at July, you probably had anywhere from 30 to 70 transactions depending upon who you are, right? How many line items do you see where money was coming into your account? what two maybe three four if you get paid every week like and you see you wonder why it's so hard for you to get ahead it's because the math just don't make sense you got all of this money coming out all the all of these various times throughout the month but rarely do you have money coming in it's what every friday every other friday once a month and that's just never going to add up and so you got to get your streams up you know figure out how you can hustle figure out how you can have multiple ways. To earn income, because in my humble opinion, your ability to earn income or produce things that earn income on your behalf is your biggest asset. And here's why. If you lost your car tomorrow, you could go out and get another car if you had income, right? If your house burned down tomorrow, you could go out and get another house if you had income, right? If you lost all of your other worldly possessions, you could go out and get them if you had income but guess what if you lose your income if money stops coming in anything related to your financial goals ain't gonna happen so you gotta have money coming in right and obviously you want to then have that money work for you i.e through investing so that you're not having to trade your time for those dollars all right let's see i think he drops another one on this track
1: we ain't getting through to you huh? What's better than one billionaire, too? Especially if they from the same people as you.
0: So that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Basically saying, hey, look, it ain't no fun if the homies don't get none, right? We all can eat. There's enough opportunity out here for everybody. So there's no need for you to feel like you gotta have the crab in the barrel mentality that you can't share the wealth because there's so much out here for all of us. You know what I'm saying? So he's just further driving that home. I think he even says I'll be damned if I, I drink some some Belvidere about why Puff got Syrah, You know what I mean? Another another black mogul in the game. It just it just goes to show you, like, you don't have to, you know, get it on your own. Collaborate. You know, it's about collaboration, not competition.
1: We got the same fucking moves Y'all niggas still signing deals. Still, after all they done stole for real. After what they done to I Larry.
0: So Jay was—he was feeling pretty passionate on that one. You—you you, you could tell he was like,
1: still
0: after what they did. To, I'm mad about what they did to R. Lauren Hill, shoot. But it's basically alluding to the fact that, like, during times of of lack of stability. In desperate times, it can force you into precarious situations, right? And like, when you're not educated and you don't know what you're doing, and you're you know signing deals and, and getting advances, getting that quick money, basically, is what he's saying. And then look how that you know how that plays out on the back end, you know. And one of the things that always always stuck out to me is, you know, people you know get excited about like a six figure salary, right? Ooh, I'm making six figures, and the one thing that always stuck out to me is if someone can afford to pay you over a hundred thousand dollars, right? How much do you think they're making off of you? Right. And and once that thought got stuck in my mind, I knew that I could never work for anybody long-term because just think about it. Like they're, they're a business, they're a corporation, like they're not a nonprofit, right? They're, they're paying you $100,000. It's because you're making that business a lot more money than that. So you hear people say things like, know your worth, like know your worth. Like it's not just a saying, like, think about that. Like no one's giving you $100,000 if they don't feel like they're reasonably making that much money off of you or more or three times more than that. Right. And I know some of y'all probably thinking, well, they definitely ain't getting $100,000 worth worth of work out of me because I'm on Twitter. I'm on IG. I'm taking selfies. I feel you just know your worth basically. What I took from that and I think he had one more on this out uh on this track moonlight if I didn't say that earlier
1: my head is spinning that shit is backwards that shit ain't right you see in this cooler you see in on right tug ain't this tight so fuck what we selling fuck is we making stake grass is greener cuz they always faking it not not
0: so f what we selling what is we making cuz their grass is greener cuz they always raking that that boy jay is cold but anyway so basically he he's frustrated right and that's come that's coming through um in the lyrics but what he's saying is it's like forget what we selling what are we making like what are we bringing in what are we retaining because it seems like we we you know we're getting all excited about record sales and all this stuff that we're, you know, doing and the numbers and topping the charts and all that. But where's the money at? You remember that one song? Damn Playboy. Where the the hum at? <laughs> I mean, Jay-Z got it. I could I could quote Jay-Z quoting Jay-Z. But anywho, um, yeah, so like he's like frustrated because it's like, hey, look, we, we're so excited about what we're selling, but we're not even really focused or realizing what we're making right? And their grass is greener, i.e. they're getting more than us because they're always raking, bringing in more. It's like urging people to pay more attention to what you pay more attention to your money, right? In their case, you know, in the music industry, specifically your contracts, like what are you signing? Like, what is this deal that you're getting yourself into, right? One of the the most common lies out there is, uh, I've read and agreed to the terms and conditions because nobody ever does. But you know, when it comes to your money, in your wealth like you got to know what's happening you got to know what's going on and not just be satisfied with the recognition associated with what you think you're doing because you're gonna wake up one day and not have nothing right like how many people we see in the music industry you know we from the outside looking in we thinking man they got to be killing it. they got to be making it and then we see these documentaries or these movies and it's like man they were getting you know for lack of better terminology they were getting raped you know what i mean it's like it's bad so know what you're doing. So on a practical level, think about like your 401k. If I ask somebody today, you know, how much they're paying in fees for the 401k, they will say nothing. They will say my employer provides it. What? Hey, it's America, baby. Ain't no free lunches. You may not see the fee or may not realize how it's being charged, but it's, but you're being charged. Well, people don't realize for every 1% more that you're charged in excess Of what you should be charged That can cost you 10 years worth of retirement income Right 10 years worth of money In retirement And that's just incremental money That they're collecting On your account You know Year after year after year But you don't think about it You're just Oh my employer matches 5% I'm gonna put 5% Do you even know what you're doing? And you see your balance going up And you think Oh well maybe I guess I'm doing something right But you don't really know What you're doing and your money's a serious matter, so you can't just be putting money away and not knowing what's happening. Like, what are my fees? What am I being charged? Right? What is this costing me? Because it's costing you something and you just don't realize it. Right? How does this thing actually work? Am I going to be taxed somewhere down the road and I don't realize it? Ask those questions. Know the answer to those questions. Like, this is your money. This is your legacy. Okay. So let's move on. Speaking of legacy, um, let's move on to the the, the last... Last track on the album. We're skipping over Marcy Me. I didn't. I didn't see any or remember any notable financial nuggets that stuck out in Marcy Me. So we're gonna go straight to Legacy. Daddy,
1: what's a will?
0: So he starts out off the gate. Got Blue asking the infamous question, "Daddy, what's a will? What is a will?" Right, We all know what a will, well some of us might know what a will is on a surface level And basically a will is just a document that outlines what you want to happen to your stuff when you're no longer here Because if you don't have a plan in place then the state's going to have a plan in place And your your assets, whatever they might be, are going to go through what's called probate Um, And so when you're no longer here the last thing you want is your family to be fighting over what you have left Right. And you might be thinking to yourself, I don't have much right now. Well, obviously, you know, based upon some of the other things we talked about earlier on in the podcast, we're all going to be working towards that. But whatever you have left, you want it to go to the right people and you don't want them to have to fight over because it's not clearly defined. you will be surprised. Right. You know, you'll you'll leave a little something behind and it'll it'll turn family members against each other trying to get trying to get your leather jacket with the zippers. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to make sure you have that documented. So there's no ambiguity, no questions, because documentation beats conversation. So everybody needs at least a basic will in place. And at some point, you probably even need to evolve uh, to a trust. And we'll talk in more details about what a trust is probably on another podcast. So let's move on to the next nugget that he drops.
1: To do, she might start an institute. She might put poor kids in school. My stake in my nation should go to you. Leave a piece for your siblings to give to their children, too.
0: So here, hence the name of the song Legacy, Jay's talking about generational wealth, right? He has stake in this company, right? And he's saying his stake in that company should be passed down to his daughter. And then his daughter should be able to pass that down or share that wealth with her siblings or her children too. Again, you know, Jay just driving home the, the generational wealth mindset, Which is so important because in our society, you know, people don't want to leave nothing behind, right? It's like we're so focused on just barely making it through life ourselves. The last thing we can think about is leaving something for someone else, right? But again, you know, how do you expect your people to ever come out on top if you're not willing to make the sacrifices to leave more for them than was left for you? And so generational wealth is a key component in breaking the cy- cycle of the wealth gap that we're experiencing right now. You know what I mean? And granted, there's a lot of things at play that are, are much beyond our control, but we have to be able to at least do our part, you know, to uh, further our agenda as it relates to wealth.
1: America would let us fall. Those times are now back. It's now called Afrotech. Generation to wealth, that's the key. My parents ain't have shit, so that shit started with me.
0: So literally he just said what I just said, right? Generational wealth is the key. My parents didn't have shh, so that shift started with me. And so in his case, his parents didn't have anything. And so he decided to be the one to make that shift and leave things behind for the next generation, which will enable the next generation to do, do the same thing for the next generation. And back to my point about the will, you can articulated so that it has to be done that way. Hey, look, you have to leave X amount of dollars behind for the next generation. And that's what some of our other counterparts do that we haven't been privy to for so long. Um, He then goes on to say, my mom took her money and bought me bonds. That's the sweetest thing of all time. So a bond is basically a form of debt. Bonds are loans or IOUs, but you serve as the bank. So you loan money to like a company, a city, the government, and they promise to pay you back in full with regular interest payments. And so what he's saying is his mom bought him some bonds, which is a form of investment. That's the best thing she could have ever done because that was probably one of his first introductions um, to investing, right? And how you can build wealth. So that was just um, some of the financial nuggets that I listened to and found uh, on Jay Z's 444 album, you know, what, were, what was your interpretation of some of the nuggets that he dropped? Were, was your interpretation different than mine? Did I leave out some that you would have included? What are they? Let me know. Um, would love to hear your feedback. But I, I think that, and nothing else, his uh, his album was extremely timely, um, given the current climate of black economics and, and, and our community trying to push the agenda forward. As it relates to, you know, wealth building, um, black entrepreneurship, buying black, if you will, and supporting the community and uh, creating that that generational wealth. So I I thought that this album was very, very on point in that regard. So kudos to Jay on that. But I would love to hear your thoughts, how you like the album. Did you like the album? Did you not like the album? If you didn't like the album, I don't see how you couldn't. But either way, we'd love to hear your opinion hope you like this podcast be on the lookout for more thank you for tuning in to the legacy and lifestyle show with your host george action palm where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow purpose passion and profit makes sense to me